Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Silver and Gold. Coming to the ring from parts unknown at a combined weight of 853 pounds, Piccolo and Dr. Zong. California crime flicks this week for Christmas, I guess. Uh, the Outside Man from 1972 and uh, The Laughing Police Man, 1973. Laugh it up. Gah, gah, gah. Wait, that was the, that was the cock choke. Zom, how are you, sir? Cock choke. Gah, gah. Um, I'm pretty good. I just, uh, just, just woke I was up. in a, a, a deep deep sleep but i woke up before my alarm went off wondering where the fuck i was and why it was so dark and <laughs> i'm figuring it out i have um been in uh, foreign territory at work this week um with the christmas vacation mm-hmm. or christmas shopping they've had me actually like back on the sales floor for the first time in two years so i'm feeling a bit lost but that'll soon be back to normal, and uh, everything will be a-okay, I hope. Wait a minute. I thought be feeling lost was normal. Well, loster. That's a word, right? Yes. <laughs> uh, I, bought a, I bought a new blender. I treated myself to an early Christmas present. Mm. Um, I had uh, smoothies for breakfast this week. Yeah. With what what you what you just toss in there like an old I, chew and some I, berries. Yeah. Yeah, I peed in one of them. Cuz I heard that drinking your own urine is healthy. It's good cuz it's sterile. Mhm. And um no, I I used uh I bought these two bags of frozen fruit. Frozen fruit makes it a lot easier. Yeah. Uh so it's just frozen fruit and vanilla almond milk. I just throw that in there and blend well, it up. You know, up. I buy these big bag of grapes and then I'll either a lot of times I'll forget or I buy too many, oh, yeah. and I started thinking, you know, before they start going bad, I'll just throw them in the freezer. Grapes are great. Grapes are great frozen. Yeah, so that's what I'm gonna do. I just made up. I, I just made a decision. Who said I'm tired? Who said? I mean, who said I'm groggy? Whatever. Who said that? <laughs> um, but yeah, I bought a bag of frozen berries. It's got like blueberries and raspberries and strawberries in it mm-hmm. and a bag of mango chunks mm-hmm. mangoes i mangoes. ate some of this last night yeah and um yeah the almond milk the vanilla almond milk that's it and it's just it's nice it's a little one cup one like 
thing blender. So you just put the shit in one cup and you blend it and then you put the new top on it and you take it to work with you. Blend. Blend away. Oh, I like to blend. I have a blender. And I just started thinking, got out to buy a blender, but I have one in there. I <laughs> bought it simply to make milkshakes. How did that work out? You've already, well, you forgot you had it, so maybe you haven't had one in a while. Um, well, it was when I was... Fatter. Bitch. And so, <laughs> oh, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. So, uh, she had to have her fucking uh, uh, pe- peppermint chocolate chip milkshake. No, and... she would make uh, alcoholic beverages in there and then um, sit here and drink them like when we watch TV. And then she would get drunk and act like really obnoxious, like really <laughs> in your face obnoxious. <laughs> and it made me mad and I made her cry. Yeah. But I didn't make her cry. I just said, listen, I said, Jesus Christ, you are shit faced. Let's just go to sleep because uh, it was just, I mean, <laughs> I, I believe the comment that I used was I stopped, I stopped fucking drunk chicks when I was in college <laughs> and then she started crying. Yay. It was sickening, man. It was like, just, I mean, like the obnoxious drunk that's like right in your face, breathing in your face, like, I love you. And it's like, do you think this is turning me on? Because it is. Because it is. No, it wasn't. I was like, here's a pie. Just go to bed. Give me some of that pussy when you fucking sober up. When you don't stink. Whore. Yeah. You told her. Yeah, it was gross. So, what have you been watching this week? Um, did I say last week that I watched The Natural with Robert Redford? No. Okay, well, I watched that. Oh, The Natural? Yeah. Nice. And uh, it's got a nice cast. Got some Wilford Brimley in there mm-hmm. and uh, Glenn Close and uh, what's his name? Old Richard Farnsworth. Joe Don Baker. Man, it's just got a nice cast. Good story. You know, it's one of those... Um, Almost like a supernatural kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Roy Hobbs. I, I've watched it a bunch of times, but I haven't seen it in a long time. So I thought I'd you know check it out again. And I go. really had a good time with it. And Kim Basinger in this reminds me of the drunken blunder chick. Uh-oh. Yeah. Does she have... Uh... I remember Kim Basin, you're having meaty nipples. Does the blunder chick have meaty nipples? <laughs> meaty nipples. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Not in that way. What's wrong with you? Like little sausages. Yeah. Um, 77, 1977. Ron Howard wrote and directed for, I believe, Roger Corman, Grand Theft Auto. Wee! Didn't this, you do that one? We did Eat My Dust. Oh, the and, shitty version of Grand Theft Auto. Yeah, they kind of came out about the same time. Uh, yeah, I, I don't. They, they actually had a, uh, the Daddy's Rolls Royce in this one. And Ron Howard yeah, was already starting with a comb over. But it's fun. It's a fun movie. It's a, it, This is one of those ones where Corman kind of said, okay, if you can make this thing and uh, you have five days to make this, here's the money. And he let him get, get some directing chops, which led to Ronnie Howard making uh, some pretty popular big-budget movies. And now he's just a ball-headed uh, director. Anyway... Boom. Just a bald-headed director. Has he done anything lately? It's been... uh, yeah, he did the the um, the Rush movie I told you to watch. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Dig it. Um, <laughs> Dig it. I went back uh, also <laughs> in time. 
this is seven years um, past Grand Theft Auto. I watched a Mark L. Lester directed film starring Linda Blair called Roller Boogie, which was on this. Um, I like her. I will say this. She looks pretty hot in this. uh, But this dude in this, I guess his name was Jim Bray. Uh, He must have been – oops, there goes another one. Um, He must have been – just a roller boogie guy or something that they found on at Venice beach because he was one of the worst actors I've ever seen in my life. I could not <laughs> believe how horrible he was. This movie's pretty funny. It's this, a save the rec center kind of a thing. And she's a rich chick. And he's of course, a a, uh, other side of the tracks dude. Uh, but it was, it was worth watching. Believe me. Uh, but just to watch that guy and how horrible he was. Watched uh, 1978s. Now, this one was directed by a director called Martin Scorsese. Oh, uh, never heard of him. It's a documentary about uh, Bob Dylan's backup band that became a very famous band themselves called The Band. Uh, it's The Last Waltz. Love this movie. Uh, caught it on this uh, the other night. Uh, good, fucking really great music in it. You get to leave on helm and... Uh, uh, get to hear him talk and sing, which is always fun. And you get to see uh, Robbie Robertson and uh, speculate on how big of an asshole he was, even though he, you know, him and uh, well, he he was uh, best friends with Martin Scorsese and actually his roommate. And uh, I guess when they made this movie, um, they said, "Hey, we're Marty's going to make this documentary about us." Blah 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 blah. And uh, what they didn't say, uh, he didn't tell anybody until they started making the movie was this was going to be their last concert because he was going to go make big movies and become a big movie star. Mm-hmm. Yeah, whatever. Jackass. I like Robbie <laughs> Robertson, but man, I've heard some shit about him that I don't really like. 1974. I'm stuck in the 70s, dude. Yeah, bro. Air boy. Uh, I watched Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla or Gojira Tai Mechagodzilla. Yeah. And that was directed and written by uh, Jun Fakuda. <laughs> Fuck you, duh. Fuck you, duh. Uh, starring Masaki Demon and Kazuya Ayama. Riko Tajima. Nailed it. This was fucking awesome. I love this <laughs> Is that movie. the one with Megalon? No, this one had um, that turkey neck fucking kind of looking. Oh, Godzilla. the Titanosaurus, the Titanosaurus. shitty like fish thing. Yeah, he's a fucking douche, man, and he fucking <laughs> does like some karate moves and stuff. But he's got that kind of turkey neck with a little little. Uh, he's not a bird, but he's got a little thing on top of his head. He's a fish. He's got like a thin tail. Yeah, and he's got he's got the fucking web fingers and stuff. Which, it, but it was awesome because um, they double team Godzilla, and there's this point in some of these movies where I start really feeling sorry for Godzilla because he's getting like really fucked up. He's bleeding from the mouth. He's bleeding from the chest and everything. Yeah, and uh, and. From Godzilla's missile fingers. Oh yes, and and uh, um, then they bury him, and that fucking douche thing uh, uh, jumps up and down on the dirt to try and pack, <laughs> tamp him down, you know. But it was fun. It was really fun. 
Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love that movie. Um, I might watch it again. Anyway, <laughs> um, I, I watched um, 1980s. See, now I'm getting into the 80s with Ooh. one of the most um, talked about in a bad way movies supposedly ever made. I don't think it's it, it's like the worst movie ever made. That's definitely not true. But for the amount of money they spent and uh, Michael Cimino – uh, going off the rails in a la a Francis Ford Coppola style, spending lots of money. I watched 1980s Heaven's Gate. All-star cast, dude. It's got Chris Christopherson, who, and I thought this was funny because um, at the very beginning, he is at Harvard and in the East. And um, he's running to make his graduation and I thought, you know, okay, Chris Christopherson and Har- at Harvard. I wonder how old he was when when this movie was made, and he was like forty four fucking years old. But it jumps ahead in time, and they're out west. It's got Chris Christopherson, John John Hurt, Sam Waterston, Brad Dorf. Uh, let's see, Joseph Cotton, Jeff Bridges, Mickey Rourke's in it. It's got a shitload of people, and it's. I like it. I've watched it several times. Um, there you go. So anyway, fuck off. If people don't like it, fuck off. I watched Marathon Man, which had uh, back in the seventies Dustin Hoffman in it, uh, and um, he was supposed to be a college student in that, and I believe <laughs> he was thirty nine years old when that was made. Still a good movie, uh, and it's got Roy Scheider in it, who we're going to be talking about here shortly, mm-hmm. who I love in that movie, and William Devane. Um, it's an old favorite. It was on. Uh, it's on Comcast in demand. I jumped forward to almost the present time, 2012, Ooh. and watched a movie directed by Hani Abu Assad. And it's called The Courier, starring Jeffrey Dean Morgan and Till Schwiga, a.k.a. Hugo Stiglitz. <laughs> and <laughs> bow, bow. Mickey Rourke and Miguel Ferrer. <laughs> Uh, this is straight to DVD or straight to Netflix or whatever the fuck it's straight to. It was all right. It wasn't very good. <laughs> well, why did I just say it was all right? It's, I guess it's worth a watch if you don't have anything else to do. Maybe. It's got a chick in it named Josie Ho. Oh, wait a minute. Whew, let me take a breath. Okay. I'm putting too much into this. Um, yeah, tone, tone it down. We don't want to seem too eager for this whole Okay, shit. now this one uh, was directed by Seth Gordon and written by Matt Allen uh, and Caleb Wilson, and it's from 2008. It's called Four Christmases. Oh, God. It stars Reese Witherspoon. <laughs> Vince you Vol- don't even like Reese Witherspoon. I know. A very sexy uh, MILF, Mary Steenburgen, in this. Holy shit, is she fucking hot. It's got fucking the Indian outlaw, Tim McGraw. Half Cherokee. Oh, no. It's got John Favreau, uh, Robert Duvall, all-star cast. Yeah. Piece of poop. Piece of poop. Sissy Spacek's in it, too. Where it did you a, watch this? When or why? Where? Why? Why? Where, I got where was roped it? into it by some friends. Oh, God. Have, uh, see, that's what you get for having friends. You need to be more I know. like me. What a waste of time. <laughs> it had some laughs in it. Like uh, when this baby threw up and Vince Vaughn is like gagging his guts out. Like he's going to, he's like, Great. take it away. And he's like gagging. 
Spoiler alert. Yeah, but he, yeah, the baby spoiler. throws up. It's got a lot of hijinks in it, and it's, uh, <laughs> it's a Vince Vaughn, um, uh, what do you call it, uh, vehicle. Uh, great. Yeah, great. Exactly. <laughs> I can't believe. I mean, when he was in Swingers and Made. Made sucks too. I hate Made. Really? But I oh, mean, I Swingers Maid. is good. I, like sw- I love Swingers. And I was like, Vince Vaughn is going to be awesome. And then I saw them in Made, and all they did was just fucking argue the whole time. I was it's like, this just, is fucking annoying. His, after, after Swingers, his gimmick just started getting really super old. Yeah. Because he's kind of just an obnoxious uh, whatever. I don't know. He could probably be on this show if he'd burp a little bit more and fart. He probably burps a lot. They just won't let him in. Yeah. Hollywood. I hate that kind of stuff. Fucking. Um, not, that humor is not for me. All that farting and stuff. Yeah. And I've got to be the only person that doesn't like farting. Well, and I'll be honest with you. I don't even care if someone supports our show. <laughs> God, man. I was thinking about that today. And it still fucking pisses. I'm, I'm, I literally still am pissed off about that, and I probably will be for the rest of my life. Somebody fucking, uh, they, they said the wrong thing to me for sure. Um, let's see, chomp on that, listeners. Ha ha ha! Um, no, no, figure no. that one out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's an Easter egg. <laughs> Dig it! Uh, <laughs> Dig it! 2014, man. I made it to the present with my nice. Movie. You're cramming. Michael Winterbottom, written and directed Ooh. the trip to Italy, and this is a, a a big shout out and thank you to the cinemasochist Justin Oberholzer who sent me an email today and say the trip to Italy is on Netflix. It just showed, popped up, and I loved the trip, and I watched this, and it was okay. Is it a sequel? It's uh, yeah, kind of. I mean, I've never know, seen. I've never seen the trip. Oh, you never seen the trip? No. Jesus Christ. I watched that thing. I bought it on Comcast. Uh, it's like in demand where you where you buy a movie and you have yeah. it for 24 hours. And I think I watched it five times before it expired. <laughs> I bought it. I, was, I had it for the weekend. I think is it was that Coogan sick. also? Yeah. Okay. I'll need to check that one oh, out. Oh, my God. It's faint. Now, this one is good, but mm-hmm. it's not as good. Okay. But Which is still good because the trip was fucking like maybe close to my favorite movie that year that's all i watched i watched some um lots of hockey oh man i watched the shit out of it i i literally was watching a penguins game the other night and at the same time listening to the flyers on sirius nice and uh they're up and flyers are just up and down carolina sucks oh god they're terrible horrible uh, so we'll be able to get tickets next year. Sometime. Tickets are going to be four four ninety nine. Yeah, <laughs> we'll be like right on the glass, banging on the fucking boards. So we'll be fucking licking Gerby for four ninety nine. Gerby, he'll be gone by then. Uh, <laughs> they can't afford Gerby. He just keeps the shortest drinking. player in the league. Uh, yeah, it was pretty. But uh, yeah, some hockey and uh, watched actually watched some football. Uh, uh, Cowboys looked fucking awesome, and I I they they have been so um what do you say it uh they're the you know they say the definition of someone who's insane is somebody who does the same thing over and over and over and expects different results well they did it so much 
that I literally don't care anymore. <laughs> I almost kind of root for them to fail. And then, of course, now they're fucking great this year. Yay. So, and then Jake's uh, Bengals are pretty good. So I watched them last night. But that's it. That's sports stuff. No, none of our people want to nah, listen to People that. don't like sports. Do you have um, any wrestling or anything like that? I watched, I did kind of watch wrestling because I watched a little documentary. Well, a BBC made-for-TV thing mm-hmm. on YouTube called When Wrestling Was Golden. Oh, I know. And it's just a little, a little history of British wrestling. It was pretty interesting. Did it have um, Les Kellett and talk about what the biggest – he was such – he could beat up everybody, but he was such an asshole that uh, nobody could stand him. I forgot who – they talked about – it was like a Scottish guy was the main one. M- 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 Mike M- – M- I forgot his name. Let me see if they M- – M- Say his name when wrestling was golden, uh, and everybody hated him. He had black hair that he had in like a big widow's peak. Mm. Yeah, it doesn't. I don't remember his name. Show me more. Let's see. Giant this, Haystacks. Big, Mick McManus. Mick McManus. Yeah, I've heard of him. Uh, I have the book. I can't remember what the fuck it's called now. But uh, it really oh, the one that I never. Yeah, that we got sent. <laughs> yeah, it's it, that book's really good. I never read it. Um, it's around here somewhere. But um, this dude, this Les Kellett, he was like a farmer, and they said his finger – I mean, he he just looked like some dude you'd see at Walmart. He wasn't big or anything. He looked like mm-hmm. a, like a pot belly and everything. But I guess from working on the farm, he had – they said he had fingers like sausages, and he could just grab a hold of you and pinch you and shit. And he was one of those guys that could just stretch the hell out of you. Ugh. But his gimmick was that he was like the crown clown prince of wrestling. And his his whole thing was a comedy act oh. where he would uh, totally befuddle his opponent and the crowd would laugh. He'd kick him in the ass and if they tried to hit him, he'd dodge it and everything. Huh. So everybody loved him, but he was the – in he in reality, in real life, he was the biggest bastard on the planet Earth. <laughs> and uh, what's his name? Uh, Adrian Street was talking – I asked him about it. And he said, yeah, they do a little bit on Adrian Street. They do some on um... – uh, what's the guy that did the samurai mask thing? Kendo Nagasaki. Yeah, Nagasaki. They talk about him and they the, the uh, crab trees and what dicks they were. Well, well, they interview they interview Crabtree, the uh, the skinny Crabtree promoter. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was you know it's surface, yeah. but it was good. I like to watch it. Um, it's on YouTube, and I tried watching like a, a one about Sabu right afterwards, but mm-hmm. the sound on it was so fucking bad I couldn't hardly hear it. Like every time anything would be besides the person's voice talking, you couldn't hear them. So that's just you know it. one thing I did know because we actually saw Sabu and talked to him and everything um, is that he has lost almost all his hair. Really? Yeah, I saw him without his turban on in a picture, and I mean, he looks fucking like he's. He well, looks he, like he's 70 years old, and he's not that old. He'd been shaving his head for a while, I thought. Does he, well, does it's because his hair is all falling out. Yeah, yeah. He's getting the uh, old man uh, doctor's arm look. <laughs> <laughs> so Fuck I, uh, you, God! <laughs> I decided to Merry do Christmas. some uh, 2014 cramming. Um, trying to get in some movies, so I'm going to make a list this year. If, if you've decided to do it, maybe we can do a show. If not, I'll probably just... Do something, but okay. Well, we'll see. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so there, I, I started with the stuff I could find on Netflix and someone that I had sitting around already. Uh, I watched one that I just kind of—I don't remember where I even saw this listed. A documentary called Mana Kamana. Um, is that a German Goo Girls movie? It is. It was Except not very good. 
No, it's um, basically it's a camera that's set inside these um, cable cars that go up to this uh, Manakamana temple on the top of this very tall mountain in Nepal. And it just kind of like they just they're sitting there and some of them talk and some of them don't. And it's just two hours of people riding in a cable car and it's not very good. <laughs> Skip it. It's interesting yeah. at times. Um, it doesn't follow the same people the whole time. It's like every time the cable car stops at like a, a place for people to change out, it the you know, the camera what? obviously changes. It's edited together to look like it's one continuous thing almost. Yeah, wait a minute, it, but don't tell us what how it's going to be on your list. It's, this one's not going to be on the list. Let's say that for the show. <laughs> yes. Oh, don't this say one will not be on the list. Spoiler alert. Monica Mana is boring. Um, I watched one that was not boring on Amazon Prime, Enemy. Yeah, I saw that. Um, yeah, it came out earlier this year. So Dennis Villeneuve and uh, Jake Gyllenhaal is in it and Melanie Laurent. And you see a lot of her, which I like. And um, the pregnant chick was hot in it too, Sarah Gaydon. Yeah, I know, I know but that, that's what I was just getting ready to say is I hate movies that have hot, good-looking chicks. But then they're pregnant. <laughs> I thought she was still attractive. I liked it. It doesn't matter how fucking hot they are. Ruined it pregnant, for you. I tune out. But yeah, I mean, you saw enough of Melanie Laurent where you saw underneath her tits while she was uh, riding on top. So yeah. thumbs up for that. Really fucking weird movie. Um, it's it's good. It was uh, you know it keeps you watching the whole time. It's nice and short. It's it's pretty cool. It's definitely worth a watch. I remember um, back in the day uh, when we. Actually, uh, when I was young and we first started going to gentlemen's clubs, which mm-hmm. I don't anymore, having a long time. And these girls, this was because, uh, you know, plastic surgery and stuff has perfected, you know, of, of course. But back then, they used to cut the woman under her breast oh, yeah. and stick the implants up in there. So you couldn't see because they hung down. But then when you were sitting down, and they're up on the stage, standing over you. you Sometimes big scars they underneath. have big scars underneath their boobs. Terrible. Yeah. Uh, I watched not a cram. I watched Boogie Nights from 1997. Uh, Paul Thomas Anderson and lots of people. More hot boobage from Do you think that movie's overrated? What? Do you think that movie's overrated? I like it a lot. I don't know. I do too. That was a big. Uh, somebody said that on. Uh, one of the groups, and it got it turned into a big thing. Yeah, I don't know. I don't understand how it's overrated. I mean, you know, it, it is what it is. It's good. Mm-hmm. Um, Burt Reynolds is really good in it. Um, I like John C. Riley's character. He's always <laughs> he's always like, "How much do you lift?" Yeah, um, that's like a GGTM. That's like Horror Hound. <laughs> yeah. Hey, how much um, do you bench? And uh, and William H Macy, I liked in it, and uh, it's good. I, I've seen this a lot. I, I've got this on blue. So, never forget that. That reminds me of a of one of my exes too. When Nina Hartley's out there getting fucked by the guy in the parking lot or whatever, and everybody's standing around, and her husband's like, uh, "What are you doing?" And she goes, "Get out of here! You're embarrassing me." <laughs> like that was really awkward. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's the uh, yeah. It yeah. sucks to date somebody like that. Ooh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I watched um, uh, the Brave Archer. Uh, this is a, a Chang Che uh, Shaw Brothers movie. Um, 
you got to watch this one pretty close. It's not very surface. It's, it gets into a lot of shit, but it's basically um, two two well two guys. Uh, their families are are pretty much killed, but the one mom is kidnapped by this prince, and the son is taken, and then the other son is kept by the weird six or the weird seven, and they re- make this agreement to meet eighteen years later and have the sons fight. But um, it's 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 pretty cool. Um, it's got all the it was tons of uh, faces that you'd recognize from Shaw Brothers movies. Um, the reason I picked this one up, I used to have this on DVD, and I'm not sure I ever watched it. But um, uh, the the L Ray Network that I post links to for sometimes uh, they do a Kung Fu night every Thursday, and I think they showed the entire Brave Archer trilogy, <laughs> so it got it on my mind. Um, so I put it in and checked it out. And um, I'll have to watch the other two, but they're long. I mean, this one's two hours, a little, maybe even over. So uh, for kung fu, that's pretty. Hey, you got to you got to pay attention because there's tons of characters in and out of this one. So I love kung fu, but it's this is not quite to the point where the Shaw brothers were doing um, like the landscape type, type shots. This is still all on a set, so mm-hmm. still has that kind of look to it, which I like. Um, I did a couple red boxes. I did bad words. Uh, the Jason Bateman starring and directed flick. Uh, this is the he's a he he's forty years old or so, and he's uh, joining spelling bees. Um, really crude. Uh, I quite liked it. I don't uh, like little, crude. Profanity crude. I don't like that either. Um, I think people should be adults and act like uh, gentlemen. <laughs> yes. Me too. Be serious. No, this I like this movie a lot. I was I was surprised by it. I remember seeing the poster and I didn't really pay attention to it other than the poster and it didn't really uh, make me all that interested just from that. But um, this I is thought it was just to. gonna be like uh, a movie where like uh, the guy just walks around for uh, either makes a decision or like what was the movie with Jim Carrey. Where he would just say whatever. Oh, you know, liar, liar! That's what I was thinking. But he was just going to cuss a lot. No, this one's this one's this one is. Uh, he has a reason for doing it, but okay. he's finding these spelling bees with loopholes that basically say contestants must not have completed the eighth grade as of this date. And since he had dropped out of school, he technically was eligible for them. Ah. So he's coming in, and he's like, he's a genius, and he's just wiping out all these kids and pissing off all the parents, and um, ultimately trying to make it to the big. Spelling Bee, that's on uh, PBS. And Jason Bateman is the guy. He's fucking hilarious. There's a little kid in it, and the stuff, like, his, his little uh, guy, his name's Rohan Chand. He, little tiny kid, um, but hysterical, the things that they have him say, <laughs> saying and doing. It's like, man, his parents had to sign off on some shit here. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. It's a good movie. It's so distasteful. Very, I, very when distasteful. Hollywood, when they do that, like in uh, Kick-Ass, that's just so distasteful. <laughs> um, I watched the X-Men Days of Future Past. Um, I am a sucker for time travel movies. Uh, I'm not a sucker for this one. Did Brian Singer directed it. It was pretty good. Um, I liked Guardians of the Galaxy and Winter Soldier better, both of which came out this year. Um, I love that Fastbender, though. Fastbender's very good. Um, McAvoy's good. Jackman was Wolverine again. Jennifer Lawrence was Jiggly, and I liked that. 
Um, but I, you know, I'd watch it again. It wasn't. I don't know. I feel like I'm already kind of forgetting it. The Sentinels yeah. were pretty cool. I love that Fassbender um, goes off on the airplane when they rescue him. Yeah. And, uh, Quicksilver, that was pretty funny. Quicksilver was cool. The slow motion stuff where he's yeah. running on the walls is pretty <laughs> awesome. Um, <sighs> and uh, Dinklage was really good in it, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, bu- 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 I watched The One I Love on Netflix. Um, this is a Duplass Brothers movie. Starring, I believe, Mark Duplass, yep, and Elizabeth Moss from um, Breaking, no, not Breaking Bad, uh, Mad Men. Uh, Ted Denson's in it a little bit. Um, The less you know about this one, the better. It is a romantic comedy, but not one that follows any sort of formula whatsoever. Um, It's interesting, uh, very creative. If you saw the last, this is directed by Charlie McDowell, who I don't recognize the name of. Um, the last Duplass Brothers movie, uh, where they safety not guaranteed, that might give you an idea, kind of what you're going into. Um, good little movie, I liked it. I was surprised. Um, check it out. And the last thing I watched was one you recommended, Chef, also 2014. John Favreau, John Favreau, mm-hmm. and a lot of people I didn't know were going to be in it. They're making appearances there. Did it make um, you feel good? Did this it did movie? make me feel good. It it also made me laugh because, uh, you know, my me being all pasty and doughy, if I were to uh, cast and direct my own movie, I would definitely make the girl I was hooking up with, Scarlett Johansson, and I would definitely make my ex-wife, Sophia, <laughs> Sophia Jesus Bergara. Christ, man. Yeah, you couldn't go wrong. <laughs> the two fucking hottest women on earth, he's associated <laughs> Fuck a duck. Uh, um, cute little movie. Uh, I did feel it was a little long. Yeah. Other than that, I liked it a lot. It was, it was, it was it's, it's good, and it made me fucking hungry. I was starving when I was yeah, watching it. I'm hungry right now. But I'm Those trying. Cuban to, sandwiches look I'm delicious. I'm trying to uh, watch them. I've never had any of that. Yeah, that that's like one of those um, uh, food porn movies mm-hmm. where they just fucking he's sitting there chopping that shit up and cooking it, and you're just you're you're sitting there watching it like a well for. There's two reasons why you have drool hanging out of your jowls like a St. Bernard. One of them, well, actually, there's five reasons. There's the food, and then there's Scarlett and Sofia Vergara's boobs. Oh, my God. Slop, slop. God, they are fucking gorgeous. Um, But, uh, yeah, felt good. It's a feel-good yep. movie, and I almost resented the feel-goodness of it. <laughs> that and it's like okay you know uh, it did make everything a little easy ultimately yeah <laughs> but you know it's all right i i enjoyed it nice uh nice little movie and that's all i watched um i uh i bought one last night called jodorowsky's dune oh that i will talk about next week so oh, you'll probably hate it fuck that movie and then we'll all hate you for it. or i will <laughs> We'll All right, uh, let's again. take a break, and oh, we're gonna run out of time. We got to rush. Uh, we'll come back and review the Un Homme Est Mort, yes! the Outside Man. We'll be right back. When you're watching movies, are you sick of remakes, reboots, reimaginings, reinventions, and Reese Witherspoon? Fuck Are you fed up with movies where giant robots try to remake Enter the Dragon? 
Do you think that torture porn is vastly inferior to 1970s drive-in porn? Do you find Botox actresses with fake tits and action heroes with no chest hair a turn-off? Do movies where no single shot lasts more than two and a half seconds piss you off? Yeah, me too. Fucking That's hell. why I do Paleo Cinema Podcast, a podcast for films more than 20 years old. So if you think the Cicerese is a guy and that Myrna Loy is a kind of metal... You need Paleo Cinema Podcast. Go to paleo-cinema.com and do yourself a favour. A (laughs) favour. Man, yeah. Oh God, I have a long su- summary. <clears throat> do it, do it. He'll and I gotta pronounce that dude's last name. Um, Jean Louis Trintignant plays a French contract assassin hired by a Los Angeles crime family, ostensibly. To perform, what does that mean? To perform a hit on some other mafia target. They use the word ostensibly and then have the force fucking sentence structure right after it. Uh, <laughs> but simultaneously, as he arrives to do his job, a slaying occurs inside the household of the mob boss supposed what? to employ him. What? That's not how it goes. Suspicion is deliberately cast. No, this is not right. <laughs> he tries to. Okay. Maybe in so, your mind, Yeah, he's basically a hitman who is brought in from France to Los Angeles. He is given a job mm-hmm. to uh, knock off this guy and is double-crossed um, while there. So, and now it's his. Now he's trying to get the fuck out. Zom, what did you think? This was, Both of these were your choices this week, and you hadn't seen this one before. What did you think of The Outside Dude, Man? I haven't seen either one of these. Um... Okay. Well, one of the reasons that 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 uh, the, the whole genesis of these two picks is, um, for some reason, I was bored, and um, I know that um, Warner Archives. You know, you, you have all these movies. That's what they. I think that's where they get a lot of the movies for the this uh, mm-hmm. movie network. Uh, and they are movies that are kind of uh, forgotten, obscure kind of uh, movies that have fallen through the cracks. And so I thought, hey, you know what? I like watching some of those movies. And um, I, lo- I watch a lot of movies and I'll f- see shit on there. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? I've never even heard of this. <laughs> so I went to this. Their, yeah, this. I went to their website and um, they have th- their prices. You know, they have sales and stuff like that. But anyway, um I just kind of printed off, went, was going through uh, the movies and, and printed off some. 
And uh, this is one of them. Um, hom, um, ome, uh, Un om uh, est mort. mort. Which Eesh. actually sounds like a dead man, yeah. not the outside man. Yeah, it probably has something to do with that because of the, of the mort. Or it might be uh, the Mort Saul uh, biography. But anyway, and then when I was like, hey, man, Roy Scheider. I like Roy Scheider, uh, which I, who I just saw in Marathon Man. They, they kind of make Scheider into kind of a punk in this movie. Yeah, but that's good because, we, well, first of all, he was uh, probably – he looks pretty young in this. Um, he doesn't – his face hasn't started turning into uh, – uh, mud face. Like when he got older, man, he started looking like his face was melting. Um, but he still looked pretty cool in this. Um, now, uh, Jean-Louis Trinard. Or whatever. I don't know how you pronounce his last name. I don't either. Trent. Trentignant. Trentignant. Or Trentignant. Trentignant. Yes. Okay, now, as soon as I started watching this, I was like, hey, I've seen that motherfucker before. Yeah. Hey, Frenchie. Um, he was the star of a some a uh, couple of very good movies. Um, one was The Conformist, which I have on my iPad and which I might watch tonight. Mm-hmm. If I would have uh, been on the ball, I would have watched it for the show, but I've seen it before, and it's a fucking awesome movie. Uh, and he was also in Z, which is a great fucking movie. And then he was in this movie with Jean Moreau uh, called Matahari, Agent H21, which I like. And uh, she wears a see-through thing at the beginning. And, yeah, I like Jean Moreau. So, anyway. let's. So he's been in a lot of – like, this dude's got quite a, Goddamn, uh, a been list. On, he's he's a been a lot of shit. He's a star in – France. Yeah, he was in Amour a couple of years ago. That was a fucking heartache of a movie. Yeah. So um, they are um, – it's one of these movies from the 70s where it, I could – they could easily have said uh, – had like Alain Delon or mm-hmm, something like that, where mm-hmm. they take a huge star from another country and make them the lead in a movie. Now, in this one um, – I will say this. Okay, there were times in this where I he speaks English through the whole, pretty much through the whole thing. There's a couple of times where he speaks French. Yeah. But uh there was a couple of times where I was like, "What the fuck did he just say?" <laughs> okay. Um cuz I'm a hillbilly. Um and um okay. yeah, but I'm a cultured hillbilly. <laughs> Don't you hear Billy? In the hillbilly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> You're the hillbilly. Oh, oh, oh. Anyway. <laughs> um, he. To me, um, I could see where this movie they would pick like somebody who was like movie star good looks and everything. He's not that kind of guy. But it works in this movie because they do kind of go against type now um because he's kind of a smaller guy and i could see him playing more of a villain uh kind of person it would it might have been better if they would have reversed the roles and had roy scheider play his part yeah and like set it in france yeah and have scheider getting out of paris well that's that you know uh watching marathon man where scheider is in i think he was in 
Well, I think he was in. Yeah, he was in France in that. Uh, at the in the one part, mm-hmm. and uh, he was. It would be kind of like that where he gets fucked over, or whatever. But anyway, uh, Jean Claude, or no, Jean, not Jean Claude, Jean Louis. Um, he comes to America, and he's the. Uh, he's like a. Like I said, kind of like a Le Samurai Alain Delon kind of character because he's a uber cool assassin kind of a guy. And the way that they let you know that is before he goes to a set, he, he dresses really nice and everything. And he's in his hotel room and he they, they leave him a, an entache case. He opens it up and it's got money. It's got a gun in it, uh, passports and stuff. And um, But when he before he goes out to do his, his hit – which he's come all the way from France to, to take out some dude in America. He takes the gun out. He takes all the bullets out of the gun and only puts one bullet in. That and was he, pretty cool. Yeah, because it's like, what the fuck? But, of course, you know, just better safe than sorry, he takes all the rest of the bullets in his pocket. But um, so, you know, he's like a dead shot, you know, killer, you know, one shot, one kill. Or one shot, one kill. Um, so he goes to... Um, uh, this mansion, and now we just talked about uh, Chef having two of the hottest chicks going today, yeah. and Sofia Vergara. This movie, holy shit, it's got super hot Angie Dickinson, mm-hmm. and it's got super hot Anne Margaret. God, and now I was I was wrong last week. I could have sworn Anne Margaret showed the boobage in this one, mm-hmm. and she does not. She did in Carnal Knowledge with Jack Nicholson. So I think she has a few times, but she's maybe I must have seen something with her near this that made me think of that. And she was also when you first see her, she's in a strip club with like eight other women with her tits out too. So, well, now they do show some 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 chicks with their you know at the strip club dancing. Yeah, and and it's funny to go back in time, whether it's this movie or the next one. And seeing like the their idea of a uh, gentleman's club or whatever, and and you know <laughs> some of the dancing that they do is pretty fucking funny. Um, they had a couple gentlemen's clubs in the yes, next movie too. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> Anne Margaret has this uber. It almost kind of looked like uh, Seika hair at the beginning, where because she has her her hair is like really white, but it ends up being mm-hmm. this big wig, and it's absurd looking. It looks like a the fin God. off of a fucking Cadillac or something in the front. The color of it with the bad print, she looked fucking orange. Mm-hmm. She looked like a fucking Oompa Loompa. She had bad. She had a bad tan, like a like a self tanning thing. Um, but goddamn, she's a good. She was a good looking woman, and. Uh, I will say this: um, I give the king props because, um, from what I understand, she said on Elvis's face. Uh, oh, good, yes, and amongst other things, <laughs> uh, you know. So that was pretty cool. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, she, you know, where I think there was a biker movie she was in with fucking Joe Namath uh, that she showed her tits in. And too. I, I think that might am be I'm fucking super excited. Just to have a little side note that they are making. Uh, Joe Namath biography with Jake Gyllenhaal as Joe Namath. I I, I really like him. Yeah. I mean, he's grown on me more he's and more awesome. over the years, and he was so good in Enemy. And on the Amazon thing on Enemy, there's a little uh, like ten minute interview with him and uh, the director afterwards talking about the movie. Awesome in Prisoners. Awesome in yeah Zodiac. Okay, 
So you have two hot babes, um, and um, when uh, Jean-Louis goes to this mansion, uh, he kind of gives them a little bullshit, you know, hey, blah, 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 blah. Um, And uh, Angie Dickinson and there's two other guys, and the one guy looks like – he talk about a prototypical what you would want to play like an old mafia guy. Uh, this dude looks like uh, he could, he should have been like the manager of Captain Lou Albano, and uh, there was a tag team, the Sicilians, uh, and uh, Tony Altamore. But this guy was funny. He's just chomping on a cigar, and he's kind of you know just looks the the stereotypical mob boss. Um, but Jean Louis, uh, he has a meeting with him, and. Uh, uh, he kind of pulls the dosy dough on him and fucking gives him the one bullet, and then we're off to the races. <laughs> right in the fucking heart. Yeah. So then that's the deal. Dig it. And uh, it's um, he, it turns into uh, okay. What the fuck's going on? Because when he goes, that's the, the this isn't giving anything away. That's the genesis of 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 what the rest of the movie's about. Right. Right. Um, and he goes back to his hotel, and they're like, "Wait a minute! Uh, you already checked, or your your assistant already checked you out, already took all your shit." And he's like, "Huh? <laughs> what the, what fuck? the fuck is going on? Assistant? I no goddamn assistant!" <laughs> so he's kind of like, "Okay, what the fuck?" And he's not the kind of person to trifle with, uh, and that's going to just let it go. So he starts trying to figure out what the fuck's going on. Meanwhile. This guy uh, named Roy Scheider shows up, and he's kind of like, listen, Jean-Louis, I don't know what you Frenchy ass is doing here. But, uh, well, he does know what he's doing there, and he knows what he's there for. Yeah, he's yeah. – He <laughs> is a killer. And uh, he's pretty smooth looking, in a nice suit and everything. Yeah. And uh, he tries to uh, – his, his, He's almost got like that – Pilgrim shotgun yeah. shape on the end of his yeah, gun. Yeah, it's like a blunderbuss. <laughs> I guess it's a silencer. Isn't it? And he's trying to blow the fucking shit out of him. <laughs> the blunderbuss. Yeah. Yeah. So there's, the, the, it's like a cat and mouse kind of thing. And Jean Louis, uh, lucky him. Now, if it was me, I would fucking uh, end up with some troll, you know, who'd be like, if you want to fuck me, you can come in and sleep with me. If it was me, fucking Scheider would have said, hey, hey man, can I ask you a question? And I would have walked over to his car yeah. window and he would have blown my head off. I'd be like, hey, Roy Scheider, bam. Um, but he gets lucky and he gets to uh, Anne Margaret, who is, Jesus Christ, I mean, okay, now I will say this. I wonder if the genre. Well, he knew her. He, the, he knew, that was his, like a contact. Yeah, I know he knew Angeles. her, but she's yeah. throwing herself at him pretty much. And yeah. I was wondering if Jean Louis might have uh, not been. Uh, he he might have preferred the company of Roy Scheider, possibly, because <laughs> uh, there's no fucking man alive that could resist fucking Anne Margaret's charms. And I'm sure Elvis used that when he had to explain to Priscilla why he had red pubic hair in between his teeth. <laughs> I'll have a blue. I'll have some big orange titties in my mouth. <laughs> uh, <laughs> she was hot. Now, only the only, I, I, I wouldn't say um, equaled, maybe, because I mean, I, Angie Dickinson's fucking smoking. And you don't see it as much until... There's one scene where she is going to a funeral and she goes to like a, a store and she's in the dressing room changing. No, and she takes her dress off and she has like a, 
uh, it was almost just like kind of some kind of lingerie underneath of it, like a Teddy mm-hmm. looking silky thing with no bra. Well, you get to see her at the beginning in a bikini. And then yeah. um, there's one part where this cop who's investigating these murders shows up at their house. She has, uh, if you've ever seen one of those Sports Illustrated's where they paint on a bikini and they're really naked, <laughs> yes. but it's paint. She has a shirt on in this that looks like it's painted on. I swear to God. Yes, it's all a part of God's plan. Um, so anyway, um, he um, is kind of on the run. Uh, Scheider's pursuing him. Uh, and Margaret's in tow with her big titties. She does ditch the uh, the uh, absurd uh yeah, the wig, wig doesn't last long. Which she is never good. goes back to that. Uh, and she does strip yeah, yeah, down yeah. to her bra and panties a couple times, or at least once, and says, you know, uh, invites him to sleep with her in the bedroom. And he's like, oh, it's, he's like, I'm just we'll going to sit, sit on the couch. Fucking be a channel flipper. Uh, <laughs> with, the, with a fucking remote control the size of uh, my oh. goddamn steering wheel. Yeah. And uh, it's funny just him flipping through the channels. Now, you have. Uh, now this might have been, I don't know if it was the earliest appearance of Jackie Earl Haley. Um, he's in this and he gets the fucking shit slapped <laughs> out of him by Jean-Louis. He gets, I love that we get two paintbrushes yeah. in these this, fucking movies. He was slap, on slap. Uh, a TV show called Wait Till Your Father Gets Home in 1972. But then he was on there for 11 episodes. But then also in 72, he was in The Outside Man. I didn't know that was him. I was like, "Fuck!" No, he doesn't. I don't yeah, recognize until, him at until all. Until I saw the, uh, until I saw the credits, I was like, "Holy shit!" Um, you have some people that you'll recognize, if, especially. The... Wait, did you watch The yes. Watchmen this week? Okay. Oh, I think I said that. it last week because I said that I had bought that three uh, oh. movie Blu-ray set. Oh right, right. I started watch. I started reading uh, Crisis on Infinite oh. Earths again. Infinite Earths. Yeah. Speaking of big 80s shit (laughs) (laughs) um the one guy i cannot remember what his name is it might be michelle uh constantine at the very end um jean louis calls over uh a couple of dudes from france to kind of help him out and the one guy Mm -hmm. i always say he's um i think he was in this movie uh le uh le mataf uh, it was one of these uh, French uh, kind of crime movies uh, that I had seen, and he reminds uh, me of, for some reason, he reminds me of a French Andy Griffith because he's the one that shows up at the end that gets that's uh, grabs onto the hearse and gets right because he right, has right. big ears. He kind of he's a little yeah, Frankenstein yes, exactly, a little. <laughs> but I've seen him in a lot of stuff. Now I don't know if that's exactly what his name. I, I think that's who. I don't. I, I know so, who you're talking about. I, I like him name. in some of the movies I've seen him in before, where he's actually the star. There's one where he was in. He's a mafia guy, ends up in a like a chain gang, kind of breaking rocks. Not not to jump ahead too much, but that that what with the the shootout that happens right before that was so awesome. Like because it was like it didn't even seem choreographed. Like dudes are just walking yeah. up behind each other and shooting and, each other and, in the and, back and, and shit. And yeah, it was kind of cool because it wasn't as um, it didn't look like it. Uh, 
in like say gunfight at the OK Corral, everybody has to die as mm-hmm. you know a certain way or something like that. You know, one guy, uh, Burt Lancaster, sneaks up behind him and does this or that. Whereas this one is just kind of like you know more realistic, I think. Um, yeah, I'd never have seen somebody embalmed the way. Oh, that, that was fucking weird. weird as shit. And I'm not going to say what it is because it's you know something somebody wants yeah. to see. Um, there was. It's pretty much kind of a like like I said, Jean Louis on the run from Roy Scheider and playing kind of like a cat and mouse game. And uh, uh, Scheider's pretty fucking ruthless. He's uh, you know, yeah. even if people were just kind of uh, witnesses or whatever that really aren't, I don't know how they could hurt anybody in any way. But he'll question them, and then he just fucking takes them out. Um. But the, the the actual story isn't like super complex, uh, right? It's a little. It's a little. It's almost yeah. like a noir. I just thought. I thought it was strange that. Um, I I wonder because it was this obvious. Well, it was pretty obviously made in the U.S., wasn't it? It's yeah. It's California, a, it's a French but movie. that's what I was going to say. It, it it has an, the original titles in France in France. <laughs> yeah, it's a French movie, but filmed completely. Yeah. It was completely well, filmed that's what in I was Los Angeles. Because I thought it, was, it would tell. be weird for Hollywood to cast uh, Jean Louis Trignard as the yeah. lead, and it's and it's an actually an English movie. It's not dubbed. I mean, everybody speaks English in it. There's a little yeah. bit of French. Um, I don't know if it's ever been subtitled, but it's it's the kind of things where you don't really need to know what they're saying. You've got to get the gist of it. There's, it's like a single sentence. Yeah, because I actually there. tried to flip on the subtitles to see what they were saying, and that, at yeah. that when they he's talking to those two other uh, French guys in the car. Um, now that uh, what's his name? Talks to that uh, Michel Constantine. Uh, there's a scene in that where he's getting drugged by a car. The I was right there, like, you can see his shit, fucking, like, you can see it's him, and you can see his face like going across the grass. I was worried about he was going to fall yeah, into the back tire. That was kind of fucked up. <laughs> now that guy that, that was the cop, I've seen him in some other shit too, but I don't know what his name is. So it's hard, hard to look him either. up. Um, but he he's good. I mean, he has kind of a limited role, but I've seen him in a lot of stuff. Um, but anyway, what's uh, what what other uh, do you have other stuff to add to this spectacular a little bit. review? Um, the it's got a it's I've never I, I thought I recognized the singer of the intro song. Um, it's the the somebody named with last name Morton sang the intro song. It's the, the theme song to the movie. And it makes it almost like it seems like it's going to be like a black exploitation movie. It's this real funky song, but it doesn't really match the rest of the movie, which is not necessarily a bad thing. It's just you know, um, but I like that intro song. Um, and uh, I have not seen Trintinia in uh, in much stuff except I'm more. Um, I was looking through his. I'll have to check All out the, the ones that you mentioned. But awesome. yeah, um, but Le Le Bichet. I, I stopped on that one because it looked like the bitches, but it actually means deer. Um, but it actually sounded pretty interesting. It's like, uh, he plays an architect and it says, uh, 
He insinuates himself into the relationship of two bisexual women living in a St. Tropez villa with tragic consequences. <laughs> so that was, I, I'm downloading that one. Um, um, but yeah, he, um, you know, he's a, he's an all businessman. He's not there to fuck around. Uh, I can't say that I would be as strong as he was if, uh, if, uh, Anne you would Margaret be if was, you were gay. Yeah, well, that That'd is true. That'd be like true. being in a room with um, uh, fucking Sammy and him saying, you know, hey, if you want to share the bed, right. Talia Shire was in this. Where? It's his makeup girl. Yeah. Makeup girl? That's weird. Uh, I don't she remember. She must have been very super girl. young because Jesus Christ. Um, the. Uh, yeah, I like I I really liked that one bullet thing. That was pretty badass. Um the uh in the the paintbrush of the kid I thought was funny too cuz I was like, "Well shit, I just saw a fucking Math Owl slap the shit out of somebody." Too. Or was it was it Dern slapping now, somebody? Which one which I, uh, movie do you think Talia Shire that she made in 1972 that she is more proud of? Um the Inside Man, where she plays Makeup Girl, or The Godfather, where she plays Connie Corleone. <laughs> this one's been a warm up. Um, it gets this. This one gets a little uh, a little convoluted at the end. I think both of them suffer from that. Yeah, I got a little confused. Uh, yeah, yeah, because of who is who. Um, the end almost reminded me of this other movie that I quite like. Um, I thought it was a pretty cool little ending, but um, no, it's it's a it's a it's a it's a fun it's With a that fun ending. Like, I kept thinking, but, okay, where are they going to cut this off? Is he going to do you know how? Uh, which yeah, direction is he going? yeah. I was like, I thought he was in a good spot, and then he kind of leaves. Yeah, he, but he almost he. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I'll tell you the movie I'm talking about that I thought it was going to go for. Um, I was getting pumped to see it, but um. It would have been the funny the, if it was uh, the only other thing, and then just this big loud fart. <laughs> the only other thing is, I thought it was so fucking gross that he paid a quarter to use a razor yeah, in a bus station I, bathroom. How how fucking I was gross! Show that to one of my friends while I was watching it because I'd never seen that before. No, how disgusting would a, an electric razor in a public bathroom they at just a bus hung station by the wire be? like uh, now you know what I, I have like, seen uh, um, going t- in airport uh, restrooms. A lot of times I'll see people, you know, changing clothes or what. I've done that where, like, I went into the uh, airport restaurant uh, rest restroom and like just be in there, like, you know, you just had this long flight from fucking Las Vegas. You got the time change and everything, and. And, you know, uh, get off the flight and go in there and just be like fucking kind of like washing, like, you know, just wash my hands and my face and comb my hair and this and that and everything because you just look like shit. But I've seen people like actually standing there in their boxer shorts shaving with a with a razor, you know. <laughs> yeah, but their, own, their razor. own razor. Yeah. Right. It would be funny um, if you walked in there and somebody was in there fucking shaving their pubes with that fucking razor. <laughs> <laughs> Just let the big body. curlies fall all like over the floor. Like little in there shaving his whole, fu- shaving his head, shaving his whole body. It's nuts. I don't want. He's just getting in there and his ass cracked. Like dirty old hair is falling out. 
because he always talks about how hairy he is. Um, you have uh, w- one thing I wanted to add. Um, this this chick in this, I kept thinking, I've I know this ditzy blonde chick. Where the fuck have I seen her before? And then I just looked it up. It's a uh, uh, the one that's Jack Earl he- Haley's uh, mother. She was on fucking yeah. Mary Tyler Moore for years. She played Georgette on there. Uh, and oh, you also funny. have Alex uh, Rocco in this too, who was always the guy talked to it. So yeah, in this, uh, like we were saying, like he, he gets double crossed basically, I guess they're wanting to kind of erase the fact that they had him come in and knock this guy off. So that comes the whole thing is, is Shire, Shider's botched assassination. Attempt and he's a, he's a, he's an, He's not the best shot in the Roy world. Roy just kind of goes to town. He's not. He must have. Yeah, a lot he, of he, ammo. he's like. There's, <laughs> there's, there's no finesse to it. He's just like I'm just going to unload about six or seven at him and hope I hit him. Um, that was a machine gun. Too bad he doesn't use a, a machine gun like they do in the other movie. That could have. That might have helped him. Buddha, butta, butta, butta. But yeah, I liked it when it, you know. He, the, I love his intro. He just rolls up in that fucking car with that blunderbuss looking gun. And misses yeah. about eighteen times, and just goes shit. Well, you know what's drives. bad about that is, okay, he's supposed to be a professional assassin too, and like you said, hell, he could have just like the guy's walking or whatever. He could have just walked towards him like like he was looking for a. He didn't know who the hell he was because they fucking they get an elevator for a match and, just and shoot he... his ass or cut his throat or whatever. Yeah. And judo chop. Oh well. Yeah. What can you I do? Judo chop and Martin's uh, tits. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Uh, let's rate it. Um, I liked it. Uh, I was surprised that all the people that I saw in it that I, I kind of recognized from other movies. Um, it did, it does get a little bit, uh, little bit confusing, uh, because the main thing is him and Scheider, kind of playing the cat and mouse and i almost forgot about why what what, the 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 ends you know what what they're after um right but i really liked it i would give it uh i'm torn but i will give it a i'll give it a seven i was gonna say 6.75 but i'll give it a seven i give it a 7.25 it's a solid little movie um, I I liked it better this time than I did the first time. It went up for me, um, so maybe that means it pays to rewatch it. It's not a it's not a complex movie, and it's very it's not a very thrilling movie either. It's pretty slow paced, um, even though there's chases and stuff. There's some, there's a there's some there's some good like car chase type stuff in it, and some gunshot type stuff, but it's not. It's not an over-the-top action movie either, so it's a nice little mix. It's a, It feels like a 70s movie, honestly, and I like that it has that slight European feel to it since it is a, you know, it has that, that pedigree. I will I guess, say this. So. If Charles Bronson would have played the Jean-Louis character, he would have definitely <laughs> slapped around Anne-Margaret and maybe raped her. And... uh and he would have taken his shirt off. Yeah, at least Elaine twice. DeLong would have slapped her around too. He would have paintbrushed her, and then they would. Have, the next scene, they would have showed her laying in bed while he was putting his tie on. She would have been all spent from where he. But but happy that he raped her. This dude, I'm telling you, I think he was gay. I think so. Maybe. 
If he wasn't, yeah, he maybe. he uh, was asexual. Maybe he had a maybe he had a lady at home. If Anne Mar- if you had a lady at home in France, and you're in America in fucking like goddamn <laughs> San Francisco or whatever, L.A. and Anne <laughs> Margaret, you're staying in the same hotel, and she wants to fuck you. There ain't. Wasn't even a hotel. He went to her place at one point. Well, how about the how about that one dude that uh, had his bikini briefs on? (laughs) And he's like, he didn't even hesitate to fucking leave his own house. Like, have fun, and he just leaves in his underwear, holding his clothes, and and wearing a cap. Time where kind of like hippie-ish kind of people don't give a fuck. But I would have at least taken the time to put my pants on and my shoes before I walked out the door. (laughs) He just grabs his clothes and just fucking walks out. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah. All right, uh, good little flick there. Let's take a break. Come back and talk some math owl, the laughing policeman. Uh. We'll be right back. <laughs> Hi, this is famous Hollywood producer Robert Evans. You know, I've made a lot of powerful enemies during my time in Hollywood. Like the time I pushed Steve McQueen in front of a moving car on the set of The Getaway because he was macking on my lady. Ali McGraw, but I've made one great friend, a boffo friend, if you will, since I retired. It's called Show Show, and it's the best fucking movie podcast ever. It's even better than cocaine, which I would know a lot about. Visit Show Show at showshow.podomatic.com or search Show Show, all one word in the iTunes store. thing about what he does um interesting uh tidbit of that song it's one of the first mp3s i ever pirated so there's that oh and there's this version too that they played in chefs that i, I liked a lot or the where that sample came from Nothing says Math Allen Dern like Ronnie Hudson, West Coast Pop Lock. <laughs> that Chef movie had a pretty cool soundtrack, too. Anyway, um, what are we doing? Math Allen Dern. Laughing Policeman. Let's do it. In San Francisco, one victim in a mass murder is a police detective. His partner and new partner investigate 
in the city's seamy underside. Seamy. The stars. Walter Matthau. Bruce Dern. Louis Gossett Jr. Had Louis Gossett Jr. ever had hair? Uh, he was follically challenged. He was. That I dude. I don't wonder how old I'm he was. I'm wondering how, ma- how many packs my... of gum Walter Matthau chewed in this now I feel like Mathal did a lot of the gum thing back when he back did it at this in Charlie Bar because too. The, yeah, the, and this is right around the same time. And I'll tell you, talk about a guy that looks like uh, an old hound dog. I'm not talking like sexual yeah. hound dog. I'm talking about his face looks like a droopy hound dog. Probably has a big red dick. How old is he? <laughs> <laughs> A little, a little fucking like pink yeah, rocket. He's walking his um, swing back and forth. Yeah. God, he was already fifty three, and he, he looks he tired. He always looks tired. Yeah. He did, even in, when he was fucking in the Odd Couple back in the sixties. <laughs> he was he tired, tired of Jack Lemmon's shit. <laughs> so this this movie is sandwiched between uh, Charlie Varick, right? It was Charlie Varick seventy two. And um, Charlie Varick was 73, but I think that was still... So it came out around the same time as Charlie Varick, and it came out right before the taking of Pelham 123. For me, because I'm a weird, biased, non-professional film critic, uh, I could not help but think about those movies while I'm watching this one, and... This movie kind of suffers next to those, at least uh, story-wise, plot-wise. Because if, if if Outside Man got a little convoluted, this one, about the, for the second half, I was like, I really don't understand what the fuck is going on. And I rewound this a couple times for the last ten minutes, and I, I still felt kind of lost. This is a lower-key movie than those two, and it's this is also in the same vein as, like, a French connection, or there's even a scene that's kind, or a part that's kind of reminiscent in this with Dern driving like a uh, in a in a car chase kind of thing, um, or Serpico, which I've watched recently. It's in that kind of vein, um, or Varick, if you want to make the Mathal comparison. But it's 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 a lot lower key, and it gets a little too twisty for mm-hmm. its own good. I think. Um, because I completely lost exactly where they were going. Honestly, I don't even know. I don't remember how this ended. <laughs> I was so like, <laughs> I don't remember how this movie ended. So I'm going to have to get help with that. But so what you have, you have, uh, I remember, uh, don't worry, fans. Good. You watched it. I watched it a couple days ago. And like I've already forgotten. Fucking right. I watched it. I think the day after we finished the next, the, the last show. See, I have such a shitty well, memory anymore. Cocaine's a hell of a drug. It's awful. It is. Uh, cocaine. Oh, uh, Boogie Nights. I was like, I fucking watched cocaine. I watched something with a lot of cocaine. <laughs> fucking Thomas Jane. Yeah, Boogie Nights. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this is directed by the director of Cool Hand Luke, which we will someday do on this show, Mr. Stuart Rosenberg. And we've done the Pope of Greenwich Village, yeah. which he also did. Amityville Horror. 
So this guy's got some. Uh, got so he did a lot of TV before this. This is this is one of his earlier movies. After well, no, that's right in the middle. Never mind. I'm, I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, but you got Mathal playing. Um, oh, what's his fucking name? Uh, Sergeant Jake Martin. This must yeah. have been like a series of and you got uh, Dern. books. With this and yeah, Jake Martin seems to be a recurring character. And you have uh, uh, Inspector Leo Larson, played by Bruce Dern, who's got a pretty fantastic <laughs> mustache and some pretty fucking awful yeah. suit jackets. Um, Mathau's a little frumpy. He wears these plain like brown suits and um and and Dern is definitely looking the younger of the two with his loud colors and his shit and and somehow Gossett is in there with the two of them. I can't figure out if if Dern and Mathau are supposed to be partners if maybe all three of them just work together. Um, well, Mathau's partner was the one that gets the Right, but then they put Dern, so I couldn't figure out if Dern was still nah, partner with Gossett uh, or if he Dern was, was uh, Mathau's new partner. Okay, so he so Gossett was just kind of like well, he was, Gossett was like, with uh, he was with Dern before. Who was the guy? Remember when they uh, the pimp? Who was Gossett with then? The pimp was slapping the shit out of his bitch, and but anyway, Gossett. Uh, they 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 all kind. I mean, they all kind of they all kind of traded. Yeah. yeah. Um. So what I take from this movie as a whole is is the uh, is scenes rather than the, the the story as a whole. But you got you got Jake. Well, the movie opens with this guy kind of uh, uh, he's getting followed. This really sweaty older guy. He I was sweating bad, but um, he's getting uh, he's getting stalked almost like he's he's walking through a bus station and there's a a guy in a suit trailing him. Um, he looks nervous. They get they both get on the same bus after he tries to give him the slip, and um, but this other guy who remains faceless um, gets on the bus. He's wearing a trench coat and he puts together a machine gun, a fucking machine <laughs> gun on a bus. <laughs> Talk about overkill, and um, and he had those gloves with the zipper. Yeah, and he stands up, and the the sweaty guy exclaims, "Hey, motherfucker!" Like, you know, yeah. He like he said he yells out something as if he knows who the guy with the machine gun is, but then the machine gun guy just blows he everybody looks up away. He's the guy with the machine gun. And he turns around and goes, "Jesus Christ!" I think he says, "Not now." Yeah, I yeah. think that's what he yells. Um, so machine gun guy uh, also shoots the driver. The bus crashes, and he just walks off the bus and, and gets away. Well, we find out that this is um, uh, Jake's Sergeant Jake's partner. Um, uh. Mathal's partner, uh, play. What was his name? Dave, I think. Um, he's not in it for long. I don't even think he has a speaking part. But um, Dave is the one that was trailing this guy, um, and Dave also is shot on this bus. And this uh, this one poor dude on the bus that was shot, this guy had to hold this ridiculous like yeah, cross-eyed some, face. They had some <laughs> gruesome shit because they they were doing like a police yeah. procedural thing where they. They all show up at this big crime scene, and they're all like looking at stuff and, you know, talking. Like, okay, what's what's the what mm-hmm. do you think about this? This guy, this guy here, he's got the gum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
<laughs> that was my note. Does Mathal chew gum a lot? Because I feel like even besides Varric in this one, like I feel like he was a gum chewer in the 70s. Did he do it in 1, 2, 3 also? No. He liked to chew yeah. that. So uh, it, it seems like he, and this is a, an interesting thing about his character, you notice, it seems like he must be trying to quit smoking because he's constantly picking up a pack of cigarettes that has cigarettes in it, and then he throws Maybe it back that's down. What it was, yeah. And there's a few, yeah, and there's a few times where he like he has an, a cigarette in his mouth, but it's never lit. So I don't ever recall him actually smoking. Which it's kind he of he was either trying to quit then, smoking or like trying to quit sucking cock. So you know, you, sometimes <laughs> it helps when you chew gum. I've heard. <laughs> Got to get rid of that cock. Um, but they really take their time here at the beginning, kind of showing the the breaking down of this crime scene. The the investigators are doing their thing, and then you got the guys who I don't even know what these guys would be called, but dealing like when your job is to clean up the corpses from a, a murder scene. Um, but they got you know they do they because it's a, a an unstable location they got or, or, or area they got to got to move this bus. So they that's when they do the chalk when they when they can't yeah. leave the body there to do the proper. Yeah, so they need to know where it was. They got to move the bus, so they got to move the body, so they do the chalk outlines. And it's it's crazy in this one because the chalk outlines are like fucking under. Well, I like the and, one part and, um, which uh, you know that someone who was probably a real cop either wrote this mm-hmm. or whatever. When the one guy is the one detective, while there there's all these dead bodies, is smoking, and the other guy says, you know, blow some uh, blow some smoke, blow some smoke, because I think that kind of kills the stink. You know, to, to, yeah. to, that's why I, uh, I'm trying to think what else I saw it in where, uh, well, I know in some of the like war movies and stuff, the guys would like take cigarettes, break them in two and stick them up their nostrils. But uh, yeah, yeah. a lot of uh, of the crime things where there would be dead bodies, you'd see the cops smoking a lot because it, it kills that uh, the stink of the uh, yeah. dead bodies, the but poop the, and the um... pee and the blood. <laughs> Poop yeah. and the pee and the blood, silver and gold. <laughs> um, uh, so, Mathal and Dern, Mathal seems really uh, annoyed that Dern is there. He doesn't actually say anything, but they do seem to have some sort of bad history. And Dern is almost like a, apologizing, saying he didn't ask yeah. for this assignment. And um, this, this kind of... Uh, now, and again, maybe because I kind of lost track of it, I don't know if they ever actually say what their beef with each other well, is. Well, the one, th- I mean, not that it needs it, the, but the, uh, Dern comes over and says, you know, blah 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 blah, and I, I just took it as he was kind of um, Mathal's partners laying in their dead and Mathal's not the kind of person that really shows it that much but he's sitting outside of the bus and Dern comes over and sits down and says hey just want to let you know da, 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 da. and yeah. he starts trying to talk and Mathal's just kind of like uh, okay okay and just gives him these one word answers but I thought it was just because you know his uh, his partner was laying in their dead and then Dern kind of gets irritated by it but then kind of realizes the situation and and it's like yeah okay you know well uh, i'll just leave you here and i'll go over and do my thing and i like their interactions through it i mean Dern is a lot more energetic as a a, a character in this and um uh mathow you can I, i like the the change that he goes through with what with how he's dealing with dave's thing 
And, uh, you know, when we're talking about paintbrushes, he really paintbrushes the shit out of Dave's <laughs> widow <laughs> at one point. Um, he was very but, judgmental. I didn't, I, I thought that was kind of, you know, I guess it's a sign of the times, but what the hell is it? Any has goddamn yeah. business. <laughs> exactly. If they wanted to be but, freaky. Um, I, you know, there's, he's, he's just, he's, he's you really know what it reminded me like, of just to, to catch you off. But in, uh, I had the jury when Mike Hammer found out that his old cop buddy was kind of a perv and, and it was like that, you know, he, you work with this guy every day and all this stuff. And then you, 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 you find pictures where a girl's fucking him up the ass with a dildo or something, or even like the one with, uh, what was the one that the choir boys where they found Perry King in that room and the woman had had him all tied right. up and she was whipping him and he was all, his ass was all bloody and shit. What the fuck's up with these cops that are going out and getting into this <laughs> freaky sex stuff? Jesus. Well, they probably see it a lot see, and they're like, wait a minute, maybe I should try We're tying like all kinds of loose ends together. Um, or like when we were at Horror Hound but, and Will's um, ass had all those whip marks all over and the prolapse yeah, welts all the way down to his fucking yeah, knees. Yeah, it's weird. Um, the Matthew, I thought was like, he was the highlight in this for me. He's like, he's very disenchanted with his job. It seems like he's fucking tired. (laughs) Right. And he's, he's just, he's down. Like, you know, now he's fucking depressed that his partner got killed. I love the scene where they're kind of cataloging all the dead bodies in the morgue at once. And, um, he's standing there next to his partner and he can hardly look at him. He keeps like, he'll glance over. And then, like, when they show him the face, and then he looks away, and then he kind of looked back. But, you know, he kind of lives in almost, he lives in a kind of a shitty house. Um, his, you know, his couch is all beat up, and his me- backyard is messy with that rusty grill and shit. Well, like, Dern was like, and, um, go home, get some rest, go see your wife, go see your kids. If I lived with them, I wouldn't want to go see him. <laughs> his wife meant nice, well. Like, his wife seems schlub. Yeah. She was kind of Joanna worried, Cassidy. you know, but she didn't know how to. She was no Joanna Cassidy. Gosh, she was good looking. She was no Anne Margaret. Well, who is? Um, the, but she, you know, she doesn't know how. She doesn't know how to yeah. associate with it because you know, like most people don't work somewhere where they could go to work tomorrow and their fucking uh, their their partner of years is dead. You know, that, that doesn't typically happen at most people's jobs. So. She doesn't really know how to associate with him. She just tries to understand. And yeah, and she I think can't. he's one of those cops very... that probably is like, you know, doesn't want to bring work home and talk about the case because mm-hmm. some of the stuff's probably pretty gruesome. He wants to keep him yeah. distant from that. But, um, and, and you don't see Dern's home life, but Dern is a lot more uh, outgoing. He likes and, pussy, and, uh, that's for sure. He does. Um, it's just fun. Like, but, and, and and I like some of the stuff like with you know w- like I was saying I like the relationship with Dern and uh, and Mathal because Mathal's so standoffish and puts up his walls and Dern is you know he's he's a lot more uh, he's he's not as he's not as uh, uh, down yeah. on his job. And he's a talker. Yet. He's kind of like and, a, yeah. Uh, but I like I like some of the stuff we see with him with Dern and Gossett also. Um, when they are kind of still doing their 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 runaround, so they, a lot of the movie, a lot of the center of the movie is kind of trying to track down the, the, to figure out where this the guy might be. They're trying to track 
the path of who might have a machine gun. And what did they grease keep calling gun. it? A That's grease what they gun. They called him in World War II. Um. So they, uh, you know, Gossett and Dern are on the path of this one guy, and it's a pretty fantastic scene because Dern is a is, is a little oblivious to what's going on, but they're kind of roughing up this this uh, this black guy, but they're doing it in a black neighborhood where all these guys are watching, and. Gossett is, you know, he's got his finger on the pulse, and he's like, he's trying to say, dude, you're about to do yeah, this we're wrong. Gonna, <laughs> you're about we're to get, get our asses up. fucking kicked, <laughs> right? And it's a it's a great moment because Dern doesn't really care. He sees those dudes standing there, and he's not exactly being racist. Not, I mean, he never really he doesn't use any any racial slurs or anything like that. But he's certainly using the fact that he's a white cop with yep. a black guy to, you know. And and Gossett is trying to kind of be the mediator there. And it's a, it's a pretty cool scene because, you know, he keeps turning to these guys and saying, you know, you stay over there, blah, blah, blah. We're do-, You know, it, it, I thought that was a really cool scene. Um, the... <laughs> was that in the mic? I don't know what it was. Um, <laughs> The uh, did you notice the water cooler in the in the uh, police station that was labeled gin? <laughs> no, <laughs> it had a big sign, like handwritten sign on it that said gin. Um, <laughs> now, some of the people that they kind of question in this, kind of trying to track down who this machine gunner is, were <laughs> pretty interesting. There's the one dude. Was he eating ice cream? Like he was definitely racist. <laughs> They were kind of feeding him cake or ice cream or something. and But they keep showing, like, this takes place in San Francisco, so they kind of focus on some of the uh, the homosexual culture there as well. Um, <laughs> there's some they dudes with, like... like a, a, a bar or just, like, cruising in it. <laughs> yeah, or fucking the blue, yeah, the blue oyster. Yeah, I see Pacino in there dancing, you know? So I think there's more male strippers in this movie than female strippers. I think there might great? be because Dern, he, Dern was standing up on a balcony and he looked down and there was this huge obese woman uh, naked and the guy was painting her. Like, <laughs> that was the yeah, sex theater. But he goes in the strip club first and oh my God, the stripper was so hot. I don't know who she was and I would love to find out. But and he hardly even paid attention to her. But um, the the reason they go to the sex theater is because that's the brother of the uh, the the sweaty guy from the bus. But um, but yeah, the the that whole thing with Dave's widow, you know, she gets angry at him. You know, like you were saying, like what is this his business? She kind of calls him out on the shit too. You know, like she's saying this whole angry thing. You're acting like I was unfaithful. And that was to Kathy you. Lee Crosby and, who fucking Joe Theismann. The football player left his wife for her. Yeah. Uh-oh. Shouldn't do that, Joe. He was a dick. I hated him. I love when his leg got broken. <laughs> Asshole. Um, I, uh, Dern gives one guy a good line. and says, you've been putting in some overtime with the knife and fork, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> this guy with his buttons. Yeah, that was a pretty – I mean, Jesus Christ. Go get a goddamn new shirt. What an asshole, Go to the but, thrift store and um, buy a fucking shirt that fits. Fat, but so. the like I was saying with this 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 one this one gets once we learn something about Dave and I don't even want to say really 
anything. I, I I think it needs to be discovered, like even about like the the whole scenario of of the all, everything surrounding him following the sweaty guy in the first yeah. place. But I really lost track over what the oh, hell was going it, on. Yeah, like I, it got very confusing. And then when they tie, yeah. when they sort of tied it together at the end, I still don't understand. Number one, why the guy did it, and number two, why he would use that extreme th- way of to kill one person, and he. Just right. freaking – I mean I guess you're a psychopath maybe. I don't know. But still it was just – it didn't really make yeah. a lot of sense. The the whole yeah. um, movie for me became less about um, – less about actually finding out who did it as it was just watching Dern and Mathau and, and yeah, that, just yeah, exactly. how pol- the yeah. uh, police uh, investigate. It's a it's a it's a procedural yeah. type movie. It's another slow paced one. Um, what you're probably going to be watching this for is those performances, and not not really. I think I need to watch this again to even understand where this story was going. There's something I missed about two thirds of the way through that completely got. Maybe it just went off the tracks. You know, I don't honestly, know. while watching um, this, and I'm a I'm a big. Bruce Dern fan. Now, of course, when I was a kid, I hated his fucking guts because, first of all, he <laughs> always played an asshole. Uh, he killed fucking John Wayne in the Cowboys, the motherfucker, and he shot him in the fucking back, <laughs> which was even worse. And, you know, so it was like, you fucking piece of shit. Uh, he always played a, a kind of a – like it, when he would be in – whether it was the Cowboys or he was on like the Big Valley or – gun smoke or something like that. He always mm-hmm. played kind of a uh, rat-faced, kind of a uh, coward, weasel, kind of a fucking villain. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then he was in all these biker movies. But and, and, then, and coming home, I mean, I felt sorry for him, but he was still an asshole because uh, he came back from Vietnam and he was all fucked up. But the guy is a super talented actor and watching this the whole time i was like man for just is just for me i love walter Matthau, and i and i one that he's he made so many movies there's a lot more that i want to see that he did um but i thought for me dern stole the fucking show because he was just but i think one of the reasons i thought that was because of how Matthau played his character, which he didn't really say as much. And he, like you said, mm-hmm. he was kind of worn out and he was the guy that, uh, you know, the old detective who was smarter, whereas Dern had more of a talking role, uh, because he was always, you know, talking and he had more of a, his role was more colorful. Um, yeah. And his, and his, and his, 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 uh, like, he was definitely homophobic. <laughs> like oh, when they were investigating the one guy and he was like, he's definitely a fag or whatever, you know? And he, he, yeah. Oh, and the one that, Oh my God, the one, tr- uh, transsexual with that gross, like, <laughs> yeah. When they were sitting there eating, <laughs> I just like the, the scenes. Now, yeah, there was, there was the one scene in the parking garage at the police thing where Matthew and Dern kind of have it out. And, and, and they, uh, Dern, 
you could easily see how he could have just gotten tired of Mathal's shit and said, listen, fuckhead. Yeah. I, I'm trying to be nice to you, whatever. But he gets all he gets to that edge and then he pulls back and he's he's kinda like throws his hands up, he's like, Okay, where but there's one scene in the parking garage where they are just having this dialogue where it's kinda like, you know, mm-hmm. what's your deal? Well what's your deal? Da 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 da. But I really like that. And then there was another one, uh, like you said, when they were sitting uh there were several scenes with those too. I heard I read on the thing yeah. that um uh Walter Matthau actually said when they were making this movie he stipulated that he wanted Bruce Dern to be like um uh in the titles like you know co-star like uh, equal to him because he he, he he thought that much of his acting and everything and they said Dern really appreciated that and I thought he was really good uh he just has a look with that big bushy mustache and his hair is kind of like uh <laughs> Kind of not really combed, and I noticed for some. This is just like a GGTMC members only kind of a thing. Dern was wearing cowboy boots, like he was wearing. He wore a suit, but he was wearing oh. cowboy boots. You know, <laughs> I didn't know. Yeah, but I mean, I guess back then, Jesus Christ, hell, I remember when, uh, when uh, this, uh, well, like when I was in high school and Urban Cowboy came out, everybody started wearing fucking cowboy boots. But my dad always, my dad was never a fucking cowboy. He never worked on a ranch. He wore fucking cowboy boots all the time. Uh, he probably still has those one. Th- he had this one fucking pair of cowboy boots that were his pride and joy. I guarantee you, they're still in his fucking closet, and his feet grew, so he can't even fucking wear them anymore. But those were his cowboy boots. Well, I think that was because all the westerns back in the fifties and sixties and stuff, and Bonanza yeah. gun smoke being on TV. But um, I never had a pair. You need to get a pair right now. That would be a hipster thing because nobody's wearing them. <laughs> get ones Hell like no. Blackjack Mulligan I'll that just... are like the. I'll stick with my fucking Pee Wee Herman boots from Drive. <laughs> so anyway, um, I'm trying to think of some other stuff. Uh, I, when they were when they were actually on the tail of their prime suspect, and mm-hmm. Mathau had Dern um, shadow this guy, uh, that was the uncomfortable thing where Dern ends up having to go into the cruising like bar and everybody's in there. Yeah. All these dudes are in their day. They're either dressed like bikers or they're uh, transvestites. Or they're on the yeah, stage. Yeah, or they're on no the stage with no clothes on. And Dern's standing over there with a fucking he, – he, he like improvises and gets a taxi cab driver's hat, which I thought maybe he was trying to fit in and look <laughs> like a biker. But I, but I guess if he had a taxi cab – driver's hat on and he was standing by the door and somebody glanced over there they'd think it was just a taxi driver looking yeah they didn't, he didn't want anybody to think yeah, the cop yeah. was standing in there and um but it was kind of, i kind of liked uh the um the bosses kind of started saying okay hey this guy's a rich guy you know there's a lot of political heat coming down leave him the fuck alone cuz there was a connection between that guy and Mathau, because Mathau had investigated him for something else and couldn't – it was it was some – there was a murder, a strangulation murder or something of a girl. It's starting to come back to me now that – Jesus, I don't I – don't, honestly, I don't remember any a, of this. There was a, a strangulation murder of a, of a girl they found, and it was a cold case. Nobody had ever – they had never solved it. And Mathau, when, that, when the guy on the bus that was his partner got killed – um, but when they had be- first became partners, Mathau had told him about uh, that murder, and the guy 
he didn't know it, but the guy had become obsessed with it because Mathau, when he went to talk to Kathy Lee Crosby, who was that guy's woman who had him doing all the freaky sex stuff uh, and taking pictures and stuff, told him, said, well, I thought he was working with you. He was working on that case, that case. And Math, I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? He wasn't working with me. <laughs> and he was trying to figure out what was – he was trying to solve that case even after all those mm-hmm. years because Mathau had told him about it. And somehow there was freaky sex involved uh, because that guy was kind of a freak, the guy, the the ultimate guy. Um, okay. Now – um, he went to the one girl he went to. Uh, I think Dern was talking to her and hitting on her, and she was a lesbian. Or she wasn't a lesbian. I think the girl that had gotten killed was. And the other girl, who was Joanna Cassidy, who was like in Blade Runner. Uh, and was also in that movie, The Package, with Gene Hackman and Tommy Lee Jones. Um, but she was in this one, and man, she was good looking in this one because <laughs> Dern was hitting on her, and he told her, he said, "If I can't remember what he t- he asked her. He asked her a question or something, and he said, I'll tell you what, because he was a hound dog. He was always trying to get some pussy and stuff, and he said, I'll buy you the best French at the be- uh, buy you dinner at the best French restaurant. You don't even have to say anything. It doesn't have to be like anything. But uh, all you have to do is sit there and eat your food. But I'll take you there. I'll pay for the whole thing as long as you do this. <laughs> and uh, man, she was good looking in this. Um, yeah. But there. But like you said, it got so. Uh, but I think. But when I was watching it, the one thing I thought was, man, this is confusing because I'm. Keeping having a hard time keeping track of what's going on, but the one thing that I thought after I I was thinking that and thinking that it was kind of it hurt the movie because it was that way was I started yeah. thinking I think they're doing that on purpose because you're following along with the cops trying to figure out what's going on and you're just getting be- bits and pieces like they are and they're fucking as confused. And you're confused because they're confused. I think that that's just the way it was done. I don't think it was because it was shot or edited poorly. I think that that's just the way police work is. You watch Law and Order; they have one hour and they wrap everything up, and it's it's bam, yeah. bam, bam. They put all the puzzle pieces together. Well, this is like you have uh, fifty puzzles, and they throw all the pieces together, and they take out about a uh, uh, hundred pieces, and you're still trying to figure out what's going on. And I think that's what it was. Now, I liked at the end when um, there was like a kind of a slow speed chase thing, more like a tailing kind of a thing, where a guy gets on a bus, mm-hmm. Mathau is also on the bus. Dern is trying to follow the bus, but then at one point he gets cut off in traffic. And when he gets cut off in traffic before he can catch back up, like about five more city, big uh, Greyhound city buses or whatever, uh, go. And so he's like, which fucking bus is it? And I like that. Cause that was kind of, and I, cause I kept thinking, what the fuck's going to happen here? How is this going? What's going to be the grand finale? How's this going to end? It didn't, I thought since um, this was based on a French movie, 
No, mm-hmm. I haven't seen the French movie. I want to see it because I want to see what they did. I haven't either. Because being a French movie, I kept thinking that the ending would be different. Uh, and in a, you know, well, like in a Hollywood movie where they do a screening for people before it comes out and they say, ooh, that ending was too, too much of a downer. I thought, right. and then they change it and make it like Rambo. They said, well, if, if Troutman blows Rambo's brains out with a shotgun, it's too much of a downer. So we have to have him take <laughs> Rambo out in handcuffs to prison. Um, but he's okay. Uh, I thought it was going to be more like uh, a, if the French version would be more of something happening to one of the good guys. You know, not right, to give anything right, right. away because maybe it did. No, I don't I know. know. I don't remember. Uh, yeah. But I thought it would be more like that. And in some ways, I, I think maybe that would have maybe been better. I don't know. But anyway, yeah. I what do you think? Of, I mean, as as far as ratings go, uh, um, for me because I got so lost with it. If it weren't for mm-hmm. who was in it, um, this would mm-hmm. score a lot lower. I give it a six point five. With a recommend to watch, and I will definitely, I will definitely check it out again. Um, but I give it a six and a half for now, just because I had trouble with just keeping up with what was going on. the 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 The, the flow of the story was a little was a little tough for me, maybe because I'm stupid, but it affected how I. I it. give this an eight point five. I can't believe nice. that I'd never even because you know, like I was saying, that's one thing about uh, Warner Archives. There's so many movies that have just that just fall through the cracks that maybe they didn't do well yeah. at the theater and and they just kind of get shelved. And this and this 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 yeah. did like I said this is a this had to compete with yeah. Serpico and French Connection and, and, and you know it, and it and, and it's not a, it's not the it's not no. the same movie it's it's lower key than those so it's it can get it probably got lost in the. I love Dern's performance. It just, I, I, it's like I couldn't keep my eyes off of him just watching the little things that he did when he was acting. Yeah. Um, but I really enjoyed it. I want to watch it again uh, because cool. I think it is one that's, that it, it is kind of a confusing uh, story. And I think the more times you watch it, uh, that you'll pick up on things here and there. I think it'll make so, more anyway, sense. When but I, I really it liked again, yeah. it. I'm, I'm glad that I picked it. Cool. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's take a break. And we got some feed sack this week. Some Chris, It's a Christmas miracle. We got feed sack. Uh, we'll be right back. Are you tired of film podcasts where the hosts exist in a constant, blissful state of agreement? I mean, the main, the main characters are two of the dullest main characters I have ever encountered in any film. Well, you're in luck. Let me introduce you to Chinstroker and Punter. One is an ex-film student with a penchant for David Lynch and art cinema. The other is a man on the street. Listen in perplexed and horrified terror as we tear apart one film a week. It just really It's isn't. not visually striking. No. I'm just, just getting confirmation. It's just in English. That's the third time, though. I mean, I must, is this on? You can find us at csvsp.libson.com. So come and share the victory. If you could any man in film, who would it be and why? My answer is Lance Henriksen. Oh. He wouldn't tell. He looks like somebody... <laughs> he looks like somebody who can keep a secret.
All right, time for feet sack. Thank you for that song, Alan. Um, we didn't get any emails this week. We got some voicemails. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we, haven't, we haven't asked any questions in a while Oh shit, we didn't pick what we're doing next week I'm going to do it real quick while we're uh, listening to voicemails I'm going to use the thread that I made And just kind of pick a couple We'll see Alright Turn the music surprise, down Surprise, surprise Shazam, shazam uh, Alright First sack Hey there you go. This is Oh, hi. Right. Uh, it's been a long time. 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 It's been a Blu-ray fucking disc that I've got. Of a movie called Expendables Free, the greatest action movie of all time. You know, it's, it's been released now in America and fucking Europe and all that it's kind anywhere. of shit, you know? So it's the perfect time for everybody out there just to buy this disc and fucking watch this movie, you know? It's been fucking declared as being the greatest action movie of 2014 that Zom has not seen, you know? <laughs> So yeah, I haven't seen it either. Make everyone's dreams come true by getting them a copy of this movie, you know? Fucking holiday season's here, you know? You got a day off. You sit down, you watch Expendables Free, you change your life, you know? It's better than that, you know? It's the uh, fucking unrated version. It's the fucking extended Expendables. It's the Extendables, <laughs> you know? <laughs> fucking, you fucking put that disc in, you see all these explosions, you see these muscles, you see these guns, and your life will change. It's guaranteed. That's why I've not gone in for a few weeks. You know, I just been watching that film on repeat. It's a great movie, you know. So many uh, great things happening there, you know. There's the banter between me and Jason Statham, you know. It's me facing off against Mel Gibson, you know. Another reason to stop to watch this movie, you know. He loves Mel Gibson. Why would he not want to see me face off against Mel Gibson, you know. He's too... Two greatest actors that Zob loves of all time. Face to face. Yeah. yeah. Why is he out of breath? Uh, what else? It's got the lady expendable. Ronda Rousey, you know? Everyone loves her in the USC. Yeah, you can love her in the movies as well. Yeah. I got a shit. You know, it makes sense. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm trying to think what else is this movie. I watched it so many times. It's just like I have to distinguish my real life from this fucking being body Rosa. Expendables free. You watch this many times, you'll believe your slides well. That's another good reason to buy this movie. So get on it. I still haven't watched that fucking movie. I haven't either. I know we should review it. I'm not even like, like, oh, God, I get, you know. I don't know. Maybe there's just something. I don't know. Don't give a fuck. Maybe. (laughs) Sorry, Sly. We'll get to it someday. Ever. All right. Hey. Uh, hey, Dork. Uh, this is your listener, Dave. <laughs> what? 
Um, love the show as always. Really enjoyed uh, this one. I, I love both those movies, uh, and especially A Lot as a Dog. Um, I, I just wanted to tell you something that, that it made me made me think about something I hadn't, I hadn't thought about for, I don't know, 30 years or something. Um, but uh, when y'all were talking about how in the film they show the uh, you know the you know kids being kids and and just making do with with uh, what what uh, um, toys they have or just kind of you know creating those own little worlds for themselves it, it just made me think about something that when I was a kid uh, me and my granddad and my father um, loved Magnum PI I mean like we watched it every week thought it was you know just loved Tom Selleck and you know, followed his career since and and uh just really dig that stuff um but uh when i was a when i was a kid there you know and i was like you know like nine ten you know when that show started and and uh i had this little uh um uh ferrari uh like matchbox car that had um this key that you well you inserted into the ass end of the car which is kind of weird um but uh, uh but anyway it, it wound up a spring inside the car and then you when you press the the key, it shot the car across the room. You know, so so it, I had it was kind of cool. But it was this little, you know, it had this little key with it that had a Ferrari keychain on it. And uh, I, whenever I, when Zom said that about, uh, you know, well your your bike was a horse or or uh, or a race car or whatever, it just it totally brought back this memory that when I was a little kid, I used to carry that key around in my pocket and I'd get on my bike and. <laughs> I was Magnum PI, you know, <laughs> like driving around in a Ferrari, you know. So anyway, that just uh, it just really made me laugh out loud tonight whenever I heard that, uh, when I heard y'all talking about that. And uh, I really uh, loved y'all's discussion of those films and, and, uh, um, and you know, especially My Life as a Dog. So um, I love the show, guys, and love you too. I love you both, and, and uh, I hope you're well. So uh, take it easy and uh, – I don't know. Go fuck yeah. yourself or something. You I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Speaking <laughs> of Magnum PI, I had they were called key cars. By the way, I there, had one. There is a connection also. between Magnum PI and the movies we watched this week. The guy that played Higgins on Magnum PI was in The Outside yeah. Man. He was the guy that worked in the store that got where Angie Dickinson went to buy the black dress for the funeral. I saw him. Me. <laughs> There. there you go. So Davey Mack was, uh, he brought it all around. And there's the key in the I'm car. about to poop in my pants. <laughs> I am really about to soil myself. Oh. All right. <laughs> Next sack. Pants. Oh, God, it's getting close. Iceberg. This message is for Dimitri. This is Cascade Machinery and Electric. Your <laughs> eight-band V-belt has come in. If you nice. have any questions, you may call 206 Wait a minute, what's that number again? we got to call him. Hang on. Has come in. If you have any questions, you may call 206-762-0500. Thank you. Dimitri, don't forget your belt. All right, last feed sack. I think Bernie got a new phone because I can actually play his voicemails straight out without converting them. Here we go. Hey, fellows, this is your pal Bernie Sticky calling from uh, over the ocean. Uh, just wanted to give you guys a call and uh, wish you a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Yay! Um, sorry I haven't uh, feed sacked you for, um, well, God, it's, it's been ages. I, I can only apologize. I'm 
just so fucking yeah, busy yeah. these days, I don't seem to have time <laughs> to do anything. So uh, I apologise, but I wanted to assure you both that uh, I still listen every week and I still greatly enjoy okay, the, the show. Uh, you guys are awesome. You guys are the best. And I just wanted to thank you for another year's worth of great shows. Appreciate the time and effort you put in. I'm sure I'm not alone in saying that. We all do. Uh, so keep up the good work, fellows. Um, and that's about it, really. Nothing profound or funny. I just wanted to say you guys Sounds are the best. Fun. Merry Christmas. Thank you. Uh, oh, no, don't. That's we not helping. We just lost six listeners. <laughs> that's yeah. half of them. Now we're that's negative four. <laughs> Yeah, people are somehow sending back yeah. the downloads. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's it for Feedsack. All right. So next week, shit, I didn't decide what we're. It's a wonderful life. <laughs> to pre- and untre- it's a wonderful life and trancers. Yes. We're gonna do those. T- <laughs> tr- trancers is a Christmas movie. Helen Hunt in yes. an elf costume. All right. We're gonna do it. Um, so two Christmas movies for New Year's. We'll do because <laughs> Christmas will be God's over. Plan. It is. Jesus wants us to do Jesus it this way. Tim so we're doing and it this way. Jimmy Stewart. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a, a wonderful life and uh, transfers for next week. You can always send us feed sack to two zero six three three nine sixteen hundred or silvergoldpodcast at gmail.com. Find our show on iTunes, on Stitcher Radio, and on our website at silverandgold.com. There's a really cool app that a guy at work got. Um, oh, and join our Facebook group, maybe, or not, at facebook.com slash groups slash silverandgold. Um, I can't remember the name of the app, but it it's really cool because... Uh, it's a podcast app, and it's not the traditional one that comes on the iPod. It's a third-party one. But what's cool about it is it actually shows all of the images that I include with the blog post, too. So it's actually a neat-looking little, like, it, with the feed shows up with the new episode. So and uh, this guy's he's probably about 73, um, retired, just works there part-time. But um, he started listening to our show. <laughs> and... Uh, he seems to dig it. He he, and he started of all shows. He started with the fucking Pacific Theater one, like hmm. the four. Hour. Yeah, but I wonder, does he think that you are the porn director? Stuff? Yeah, the oh, the okay. Czech porn director that's done the known for the Gang Bang Angels series. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I love possible. Gang Bang Angels. Uh, all part of God's <laughs> part plan. six is the best. I have a Gang Bang Angel <laughs> on the top of my Christmas tree. I'm about to drop a Gang Bang Angel yeah, in the toilet. Prolapsed anus. Oh, God, it hurts. Um, All right. Merry holidays, everyone. Thank you for listening, as always. Um, We'll be back before the new year, after Christmas, with Wonderful Life. It's a Wonderful Life. What the fuck? Am I getting the name of this wrong? Uh, Zom's never seen it, so should be a fun discussion. And Trancer's another holiday (laughs) classic. So uh, (laughs) until next week. This is Loaf going to poop. I'm going to eat. Bye.